Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss. The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. We are going to be discussing three topics. I have one, Trev has one, Jake has one. We got things we want to talk about. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Thank you very much for joining us today. My name is Jimmy. Sitting next to me is Jake in California, Florida, Florida still. Tris Trevor and BBD in the corner. A little midweek episode for everyone here. How we like running these is everyone brings a topic they want to discuss. Mm. We each mm. got something lined up. I'm excited to do it. But Trev, how's Disney World going? You know, I've really had a great time on this trip. I've realized a few different things I'd like to share with you guys. Okay. Uh, I'll go sappy first mm. and then real second. Sappy okay. being, and this is true too, the joy on a child's face, like pure joy is something that everyone needs to to experience taking the kids to Disneyland watching them just like have the time in their lives that's so good for the soul and I got to see that a lot this weekend and that was awesome or this early in this week um Jake you'll probably uh never do that because you're a mean person Jimmy you're going to be a great uh nurturing person father figure I can just tell right away BBD I don't know you have to have sex first oh Secondly, <laughs> I'm back. Stuff. I'm back. So Katie already po- said point one, sitting. <laughs> point one, it was awesome to see this joy. I've never seen my kids so happy. It was awesome. Second point I had is a little more of a 10 p.m. take for me, and it's 4:20 yesterday. It's kind of when I had this revelation. I was eating a like a burger, and I think this goes for all sandwiches. Depending on the way, if you eat your burger upside down or the other side, like where the condiments lie makes such a huge difference. Like if you have your condiment on top, which is what I prefer, you get to kind of like get that mixed in with the bite. If it's on bottom, just gets like mixed in with all like everything else. You don't really taste it. I don't enjoy that. Well, I think some condiments like mustard, they'll rub into the bottom of the burger because it's more just like a, a layered overall. And then your your ketchups, your mustard, your ketchups, your barbecues, those are more dipping where you want it specific bite. I'm a condiment on top. Of course, but yeah. when professional burger places do it, they don't usually rub the ketchup into the bottom. They rub the mustard or the mayo flat yeah. around the bottom. About a bun? I don't even consider yeah, that a bun. topping. That's like a bun accessory at that point. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. the the, the lettuce condiment. on the bottom, yeah. the lettuce on the bottom to keep it from getting soggy doesn't work for me. You just got to eat it quick. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we're all on the same. That's page. what I was thinking about. You I can don't. hide the pickles on the bottom. We all agree there. I'm not a pickle guy. Not really. Okay. I'd prefer them on top. 
I accidentally mm. ate it upside down. That's where I. So that's is a you thing. I you ate it upside down. Like this doesn't okay. taste right to me. And and then I started thinking, whoa, like what else am I doing? Like that's huge. Trev, I'm gonna be a great parent uh, up until like age ten or so, and then when they pass me wavelength wise, that's when we get into a dangerous territory. Because I'm gonna be a peer and equal and a good time for about a decade, and then it's gonna be like, oh. <laughs> He's, I'm just kidding. You're going to be a great father. He's not all there. <laughs> He's yeah. missing some screws. You guys are going to um, be great. It's, it's, I was just trying to say, sorry for taking a dig at you and BBD. Just trying to say, it was really cool to see kids like very, very happy. It's nice. Good for the soul. That's all I got. I'm back. All right. Jake, you got anything? Good to have you back. Yeah, we did some soul cleansing last night. We got pretty high at a baseball game. So, And the Yankees won. Yankees are yeah, back. In kind of like a high, weird 420 way they won. By the Braves being bad. News? Yeah. No, but just Trev, uh, I think we need an unplug replug. Roboting for the audience. Wow, robot Trev coming at us. My name is Trevor. Yeah. I think your mic was fine. I think BBD's getting a little redemption here. I took you deep in the it's bushes. The only text I can think of. I think, yeah. How is it now? I think that's a little redemption. We'll see what the uh, the chat says. We'll see. In the meantime, I'll tell you guys about, if you're Yankees fans and listening to this, you're going to hear it on all our other programs, but I'll fill up some time now while Trev re-robots himself. Adoni Batista mm. is the man. He get he gets sweets for people at Yankee Stadium, Trev, and then just builds like these super fan sweet watch parties, basically. So like the average fan who never thinks they could ever afford a suite can afford one, and now they're not in there at like a corporate event. They're in there with a bunch of other diehard fans. Like that's how Jake and I got into it last year because this dude uh, Adoni hooks it up. And he hooked it up for us last night. And if you're a Yankees fan or you just have a group of friends and you want to go see your team play and you're in New York, whatever, if you want to go to Sweet, reach out to him. It's it's bat one sta on Twitter or phone number. Write it down, 917-636-7950. Text him. He's always got sweets. He's always, even if there's just two of you, Sweet. he'll find you a room somewhere He's like the broker of sweets at Yankee Stadium. He gets into the sweets. Yeah. Yeah. For like reasonable prices. Cool. Yeah. It's like all you can eat, all you can drink, dessert tray. Ooh, and with the food and stuff. Yeah, oh, you yeah. get the whole package. Some tendies. So yep. like you could pay tons of money to sit field level, or you could pay that same amount of money to be in a suite with a bunch of diehard fans getting the all you can eat, all you can drink experience. Cool. Yeah. No, it's awesome. So, it sounds like a great idea. Yeah, it's crazy. Friend, is Trev's voice better? No, no. I'll try it. Say something. Oh, uh, let me just completely nope. unplug reload. Still bad. You guys go ahead. All right, come back in it's a weird second. It does sound normal for you in the board. It's good, but getting to hear it's weird. But you guys aren't roboting, and only he is. And I don't know what's happening. Mm. So I'm mm. trying to figure it out. Do a little leave comeback, little rendezvous reset. I'll bring, I'll start my little segment, Trev. I'll catch you up. I been looking, we've been looking at, on the series recaps, we do a lot of individual performance, right? We do the standouts, we do the Infuego and all that. I wanted to kind of look at 
offensive, defensive, offensive pitching statistics um, as a team to see what teams are at what place as a unit. And there were some things while doing this mm. that I stumbled into that I found interesting. Um, the first thing I actually did, though, is I just wanted to see, betting-wise, which team has been hitting the over more or the under more. And if, if there was any surprising thoughts that come from that. And I ran into one. The Toronto Blue Jays have hit the under mm. 70% of the time, which is really bizarre to me because they were supposed to have bad pitching and great hitting. And to hit the under, you got to have weak hitting and great pitching. So they are bet the under on the Blue Jays right now. Okay. Minor league ballpark effect. I don't know what that what it is. The Reds have hit a ton of overs because they're scoring. They were scoring so many runs. And then Atlanta, man, Atlanta's having a tough time. But they're in town. We just watched them pitch. Atlanta has hit all the overs. They're ten six and one. Their pitching hasn't been great. Their hitting's been good. I think. Um, but I was looking at, we were on the car ride going in today, and I was looking at teams. Yeah, so Atlanta is fifth in Team OPS. Okay. Yep, but they are 30, 29, 27th in Team ERA. So their pitching's been a problem. And then the most, so that's that. That's the, do you have any thoughts on the Blue Jays, the over-unders, uh, Atlanta, whatever I just said? That was kind of the first thing I the Blue Jays surprised me. Yeah, I know. I know they've been getting some efforts early this year. I mean, Matt uh, has been good for them, and we were surprised by their bullpen on opening day when we all watched them together. I think they had a little bit of a better bullpen than we expected. I know Merriweather just went down. Uh, Yates went down before the season, so that kind of doesn't really count. But yeah, it's a little surprising. I, I mean, I know. I think a couple things in my head that mentally tie into that. The Blue Jays have also been missing George Springer, Teoscar Hernandez, uh, and Simeon, who was supposed to be the other free agent signing. He kind of got off to a slow start this year. And, you know, that's got to make you a little nervous because we've done the Marcus Simeon game before. I mean, he really has one standout year, and then the other is kind of another level ball player. So still a couple weeks in, you know, (laughs) April 21st if – if Marcus Simeon has a good eight games, he has a nice April. Yeah. <laughs> so that's baseball a little bit. But I, I think the Blue Jays had a little more pitching depth than we expected so far. But it's what does that mean? They are they are six in Team ERA, but they're like 25th or so in, in Team OPS, which is just the opposite of what you expected. But, yeah, I mean, Mats has been really good for them. Uh, really, really good, and so is Robbie Ray in his two starts. Tight um, butt. Yeah, I mean that's that's the recipe for unders right there. When the computers expect a team to score a lot and give up a lot, and then they don't score. Yeah, and they don't give up a lot. That's the recipe for unders. Those some of those guys have stepped up. I'd be willing to bet on going forward. Some overs coming, some regression back to the mean coming back. The bats coming alive, the pitching kind of getting blown up a little bit. So maybe if you're looking for an edge, if that's what we're talking about here, it's it's gonna happen. Like this isn't gonna be a team that's lights out pitching and can't hit. Like it's that's not this team. Like Jake said, there's a couple guys missing. Let's get those guys back in the lineup. They're gonna give up some runs because both places they're playing at, whether they're in Toronto at at all this year, are they ever gonna get back to Toronto? Not this year. They're going back to Buffalo in May, I believe. Yeah, I think something would Buffalo have to change. Yeah. 
All, I mean, I think – I don't know about Buffalo, but I do know Dunedin, kind of a, a place that can give up runs, give up home runs. And Buffalo, I think, played pretty fairly last year. We did – we looked that up at some point. Um, but that's interesting. I mean, yeah, that's – like I said, that's kind of the recipe, man. Underachieving offensively and overachieving on the on the pitching side. Yep. They're I'm seven and Ray. They're seven and ten, but they've scored more runs than they've allowed. So it's kind of an interesting start for the Blue Jays. But they did have a fifteen run game. All right. Should they, we hit our friend up at the D backs at, at D backs and at be like, D-backs. hey, have you guys seen what Robbie Ray is doing? <laughs> yeah. How you feel? I don't think they want to see that. Uh, it's been only like a couple innings, two games. All right. So then the Braves. The Braves have the most barrels and solid contact. In in baseball this season, so they're squaring the ball up. They're just not getting lucky. I don't know what's going on. I'd it's, love to see what that looks like if you take out Acuna. Well, okay, let me do it. Like if you t- okay, just take out Ronnie, because he's gone. I know. We we saw them last night. They're playing a bad brand of baseball right now as well. Um, and I mean, I know Freddie's. He been has hitting. thirteen of the seventy six. Solid contact or hard hit balls. So that's everyone knows that's forty percent. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna do it, man. I thought you were gonna try to do the math right there. Dang. Thirteen goes into twenty six. Seventeen percent. Seventeen percent. One player. Yeah. <laughs> Freeman's got a ton too. I think Freeman's actually got Freddie's good. But I, I, I thought that was surprising. And then the other, I looked at the top and bottom of just which teams have been barreling up balls and were making solid contact. The Mets are in last place by a lot, which I thought was super surprising because mm-hmm. their offense is good. And the Mets have been playing well, right? Or have, I don't. I, they've, they've been, been winning. They've been winning. I haven't tuned into their games. But I did. So I listed, I listed all the MLB teams. This is just. They made solid contact. Do they have quantity a lot less? Because they've also played a lot less games. So they're second, they're second worst in percentage. Okay. Of pitches seen versus pitches hit with solid contact or barreled. Gotcha. They're they're thirtieth in quantitative. They've only had thirty balls hit with solid contact or barrel. Um, yeah. Atlanta has seventy six. But, so then the first thing I did was I went and saw, well, how many, like, hits have the Mets got out of those, out of that? Are they are they leading in at least that category, you know? Mm. But they're last. They have the least amount of hits on solid contact and barrels. Then I thought, okay, are they go. getting incredibly unlucky? Do they have a ton of hard hit balls for outs? But they're last in that as well. So the Mets offense, and, like, significant drop-offs are just not barreling balls up or making solid contact at all. And I was surprised because I haven't seen Mets fans like complaining about that the way I've seen some other offenses and fan bases complaining about their offense. Maybe it doesn't show. I don't know. I've been looking for expected batting average of the Braves. Did you go over that? I can find that. Where do you go for that? Is that baseball savant? Yeah. But they baseball savant has been delayed on team stat. <clears throat> they have it now, so um, mm, they don't have the total here. They just have each individual player for okay. expecting batting up batting average. Um, Acuna had a three ninety five. Freeman had a three thirty one. Those are both top ten percent of the league. Uh, they don't yeah, have he- it. You stumbled into 
numbers and, you know, kind of the talk that teams will have with guys if you are struggling with the traditional numbers, if your batting average looks bad and, you know, maybe even your slugging looks bad, they'll sit you down and say, but you're barreling the ball. Your expected batting average is this. Just stay the course, stay the course. And I think that's a good thing for fan bases and 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 fans in general just to to know like yeah you could just look over you could look at a box score and you could think something is going on that's completely different from real life because baseball is one of those things there is luck involved in it you know you could square a ton of balls up like you're saying and not get anything to show for it or the opposite could be true you could be shift beaten you could be you know throwing little jam shots out there and, and scoring runs so if you're looking to gain an edge and i think this is kind of where you're going. Shout out DraftKings. Uh, you can find some some of these numbers that you'd want to to look forward to just by looking at those expected batting average. Maybe the BABIP is too high. Maybe it's too low. Like those things will get back to the mean. And if you could find a little little statistical advantage there, I mean, that's a place to start. Especially when you're talking over unders, um, stuff like that. And I'd, I'd be interested to find out because, as you know, I I get into the advanced stats where I need to, but I still think the old some of the traditional stats still tell a story. Jim, we haven't heard from the Mets. The Mets are third in getting on base right now, three thirty, which again, I, that's not a particularly high number. And I I think the other secret around baseball this year, and we've seen. Uh, the OPS is lower than ever, and we saw you know a lot of people complaining about a lot of different things earlier this week. The Mets have a 2.88 team ERA right now, and that's fourth in the NL. So like right now, baseball is. I have it as 2.88. That's what I said. 2.88. Oh, I used a 2.18. 2.88. That has them fourth in the NL. So think about that. Yeah. They have a team 2.88 ERA that's fourth in the National League. So I think the secret right now is everyone's pitching. Uh, I don't know if the bats are taking a little while to wake up from spring training or, you know, if it's a lot of conversations that are happening on the internet right now because these pitchers are pretty goddamn gross. So um, I don't know. The The Mets stats page is pretty wild right now. Yeah, it was it was it was Guillermo our guy and Nimmo are slapping it around. Everybody else is not. Nimmo has two hits that are considered solid contact or a barrel. Pretty wild. You're going to get three ninety five. I'll take a that. Whole new conversation about yeah. pitchers and what's going on. Well, last year team ERA was two forty four across uh, average team ERA. It's it's or four. 44 it's four right now um and then and then like jake said ops like the offenses are struggling and the pitching is doing really well which i think is pretty normal for the start of the season bats get hot in the sure. summer pitchers get tired in the summer sure it's cold it's easier to pitch in the cold, cold. than it is to so go up there and hit they were playing in some hail last night in cincinnati soft, i always found that ah. you just had to trick yourself mentally and say it's better for me, even though I knew it wasn't. You just yeah. trick yourself. Say, that pitcher's too cold out there. He doesn't know what he's doing. I'm a savage. I've been in cold weather. I'm ready for it. You're savage in the box, man. All right. Wh- which player do you think has the most hits on poorly hit contact? Mm. What's considered poorly hit contact, if I may ask that? I'm, I'm guessing it's like... Mm, 
not. I'm guessing it's exit velo. I don't know. David Fletcher. Madrigal. Let's see. I'm trying to find the, the definition of it. Your I know that. Man. I know that. I know that. Like oh, solid contact is exit velo, and then barrel is exit velo plus launch angle. So I'm guessing like the categories are poorly under, poorly topped, poorly weak. So I'm guessing it's launch angle plus e exit velo, like straight down, straight up. Ooh, Hosmer. Jimmy Lydix. Are we talking Haas? Your Min Mercedes. I was going to say him. And, I was going to say him. And Randy Arozarena. They're tied with the most hits. Mm. But Randy's got speed. Your Min. It's built different. He is built different. Man, when you go on a streak like that, it's a little scary. When you know you're not deserving of these hits and you're <laughs> getting them, you're stoked, but you're also like, fuck, like, is it going to come to an end? Like, I'm not going to get these hits all year. So I better start barreling balls up. It's a it's a weird place to be mentally because you're so happy. Your numbers look great, but you know, like, I'm not really seeing the ball that well. Like, this is kind of awesome. It's definitely a combination of launch angle and exit velo because he has a couple here that are labeled weak hit, but 98 mile per hour exit velo, but negative 12 launch angle. So, so just like ground, right into so. the ground. Yeah, and that's where some of those stats you're going to lose – some players, like we mentioned, you know, Nimmo's off to a great start this season, but I'm sure his combination of launch angle and exit velo isn't always going to cross. Well, yeah, like Madrigal has zero barrels or solid contact right. this year. It's not results indicative. I just found it interesting, like, you know, you, you have a team identity, and some team identities are like, yeah, that team just hits the ball fucking hard, and that's what you could say about the Braves right now, but they're not getting results, and you cannot mm -hmm. say that about the Mets right now, but they are getting results. So I just always find it interesting that how many different ways it can be done. Mm. I was just scanning those pages. Thought it was chopping the onions differently. Some stuff. I like it. Yeah, I, I bet watch. the Dodgers are good at everything. Ain't I bet bad. they're hitting the ball hard. I bet they're also lucky. I bet they're just there's honestly no stopping that team. I watched a highlight reel of the Rays last night. I believe they beat Kansas City. And it was literally just a, a cutaway going into commercial. And it was like the Rays knocked it around last night and they showed seven guys barreling balls. And I was like, wow, I haven't seen that on a Yankees field this season. Oh my Yankees are dead last in slugging and it's hard just, hit. And, it's wild. Or not hard man. hit. The Mets are that. It's wild. Bad baseball at the stadium last night. The Dodgers no. are number one, Trev, in base hits on solid contact and barrels. Yep. Run it. Red Sox got to be up there. They've been really good. Yeah, they're they're top of all these lists as well. All the offensive lists, they've just been hitting the hell out of the ball. And then who's – I don't know who their hitting coach is. I think they changed. Mm. I think it's Verdugo. Oh, yeah. He, Poppy. <laughs> it's honestly probably J.D. Martinez and then some guy, yeah. like whoever is there is also like just there. Gets the assist. Let's see. Tim hires. Yeah, hires. Oh, you remember Tim. Did you I see? I don't. Can I play the audio of that Verdugo clip if you haven't seen it, Trev? Yeah. I saw I saw it, but yeah, go ahead and play it. Pretty cool. Joe's tweeted it, right? Let me find him. The, the one answer when the guys ask Verdugo. So Verdugo was in Minnesota, um, and he's just chatting during BP with fans pretty casually, and they're asking him about his approach and his swing and all that as I scroll to find this. And they asked him why he does the toe tap, and it cracked me up. Could ask me. I had the same answer. 
Yes, it was. It's Damn. like the same answer that Jake had. Here it is. Here it is. Let me make sure that I have the volume off on here. I do. Does bang okay, here. Uh -huh. So I just stay back, use my manos, and boom, uh -huh. straight to it. Uh -huh. That's that's it. And, and, and what about the girl? What do you think about it? Not probably nothing. <laughs> I don't think like mechanic. Yeah. I think get it, get into my hitter's position, like get on time with the pitcher, and then. Direct, yeah. direct to the ball, boom, linea, the ball. linea, yeah, because you miss it, para cae, uh -huh. go under, you uh -huh. fucking on top, like ground ball hard, uh -huh. use the best way. You do the, uh, the, slow, the slow toe tap, right? Yeah. Why, why you do that? I, bro, I, always, I just love that shit, man, I don't know why, <laughs> like, because I, I feel like... I just toe tap, is it working for me, I just want to keep... Toe tap's smooth, bro, I like that shit, bro. For some reason, it's just like if a pitcher quick pitches me, whatever, I feel like I can get the, I'm already like loaded. And from there, it's just boom. Boom. You know, if I have me, don't allow anybody down here at all. Okay. Okay. The security guy kicks the guys out. You got to get them on sequence. I, I love that. Why do you do the toe tap? Oh, I love that shit, man. Toe tap smooth. <laughs> yeah. Just like style points. <laughs> it's interesting to hear him talk about that. It's, it's, it's what a lot of hitting Twitter, these like coaches on hitting Twitter, like they, they reference this all the time. They're like, hitters don't know what they're actually doing like they'll say that they'll watch that i guarantee someone's watched them that he doesn't know what he's doing direct to the ball <laughs> toe tap all this stuff and it's like yeah you know what dude they work on mechanics and then you you need to separate mechanics and mental like your mental game like those things don't work together like your mechanics you play and like he said you go up there and you try to be direct to the ball now are you like straight down to the ball of course you're not but that's what your mindset is it's cool to hear him talk you know i bet if you sat him down and you were like all right let's talk about mechanics it'd be a completely different conversation like this is something get him on sequence doogie okay i think let's we yeah the toe tap is strange for me because i feel like he's probably talking a different toe tap than i was it was like shoved down my throat to do the toe tap. And I think what he does is different than he's using it as a load instead of a timing mechanism. Even though he said it, he's ready to hit, he's just loaded up in there. Ready well, to he, go. he starts with like on his tippy toe, like no weight on his front foot at all. And then he yeah. very, it's not high. It just very slowly yeah. drags it in front of him. I think, uh, I think his brother has reached out to us before. So we can ask him. Yeah, he does stuff on the interwebs. We'll ask him. So get Doogie on sequence. Ian Happ was on sequence talking about his toe tap, a two-strike adjustment that he made. And a guy that I always reference, and this is getting deep into hitting Twitter right now, uh, Moustakis does it really well. You you said it, Jim. You keep, that, you keep your front foot low to the ground, almost like you're dragging your spike. That's what he does. And kinda. I think that's the best way to do something like that because – you're not moving your head up and down as you as you stride, and it gives you the ability to be on time. Like he said, if a guy's quick pitching, if you know, you you just have the ability to fire whenever you want if it's close to the ground. When you have a big leg lift, it's you have to be really perfectly on time, and that's kind of why they used to teach it the toe tap and all that stuff. Uh, but man, everybody's got something different. That's why hitting's beautiful. Mm. It is. You know what else is beautiful? Magic Spoon cereal. I had some last night. No, I didn't have some last night because we got home from the game late. I had some this morning. Dry. We were out of milk. I had some of the peanut butter one. I ate a ton the other night. Magic Spoon cereal. It is healthy adult cereal. 
zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving, only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. You get a variety pack. You get cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. Fruity was my favorite. I actually I, I think I might like the peanut butter dry a lot, too. The chocolate dry. It's good stuff. You go to magicspoon.com slash baseball, get yourself a variety pack, and use code BASEBALL to get $5 off. Cereal, you don't have to feel guilty about housing down. It's good. Fruity I like and the fruity as well. Fruity. That's your guys' favorite as well? Fruity might be the winner, yeah. I mix yeah. it with the frosted, but I do like 70-30. Ooh, almost like an Arnold Palmer right there. 70-30 mixture. That's the key for Arnold Palmer's, in case anyone wants I'm mixing right the peanut butter chocolate. I'm not mixing the fruity and the frosty. frosted. Yeah. Fruity and frosty. Yeah, it's good. I like it, man. I didn't think I was going to like it. It's good. I love cereal. I tried so stuff like that before because, I'm, you know, I'm a no-sugar guy. Mm. Yep. Uh, and so I had very low expectations, and then I went, and I was, like, blown away. Very good. Magic Spoon. Boom. Fruity. Jake, you Adam. tweeted out something. Holy smokes. The other day. You had Bregman in your replies. Holy you had uh, Donaldson in your replies. You had Trevor Bregman Plouffe. was in your replies? Bregman was in the replies. Trevor Plouffe was in the replies. Peter Moylan was in there. All the you, best third you baseman. You had all the all the players talking. What's on your mind? So let me walk people through this. And I know the good listeners were with me, and that's why I started out the way I did. So I'm a little stony baloney on the couch, if we're being full disclosure. And the Yankees aren't playing. It's Monday. Just me and the dog chilling. And what game is on MLB Network? But our friend Jack Flaherty versus Joe Ross, who's been so good this year for the Nats. So I was like, you know what? I'll tune into this. How often am I going to actually get to watch a full Jack Flaherty start? Uh, and, you know, maybe I'll, I'll see some other stuff along the way. So game got a little out of hand. Um, and that's fine. Good good for the cards. They were hitting, man. Holy smokes. Uh, ball was flying off their bats. So the game gets a little out of hand, but I'm watching, and it's Jack Flaherty versus Juan Soto. And I go, let's go. Like, I pump, pump myself up on the couch. I'm like, I am excited to see this. So the at-bat goes, you know, back and forth. One, you know, kind of mini Soto shuffle comes out in a big way. And then it's 3-2, and there's no runners on. So Jack Flaherty does what pretty much every MLB pitcher would do. He threw his best off-speed pitch that ended up out of the zone, started in the zone, ended up out. Soto spit on it, and he t took his bag to first. So I decide. I say, hey, everyone in the trust tree, let's have a conversation. Because I get it. And this is perfect because everyone that couldn't recognize there's a conversation to be had, you're instantly out of the trust tree. You blew it. So that was a good that was good for me. That revealed the real ones. We went to Savannah and we watched Banana Ball. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously another extreme of the world. Yes. <laughs> when there's a walk, it's the most it's the craziest play on the field. Everyone on the field has to touch the ball and the runner could advance as far as they want. So if you're a speedster, there's a chance you get to third. And it's just pure chaos and action. And the guy that invented banana ball, he said to us, you know, th there's a couple things in baseball that just aren't good entertainment. And he said walks. And I, you know, I thought about that for a minute because 
And this was the reply that I, I do respect people for saying, but, you know, a, a long at-bat when someone wins a walk, that's awesome. Yeah. If you're rooting for the team. as like, So I think the big distinction here is you have to take your watching games when you're rooting for a team out of it because what we're trying to do is get more people to come that just like baseball. Like, you can just watch football. It doesn't matter if you have a rooting interest. You can right. just watch basketball. It doesn't matter if you have a rooting interest. So, obviously, if DJ walks a 10-pitch walk, you and I are fist like, hell yeah, DJ. Right. A third-party entertainment. And there's a multiplier to that that is, you know, these guys only get four plate appearances. So, you know, if, and, you know, it ties into the team and, oh, our runner's on base and, oh, Soto's on, so that creates the action. Not really. Like, Jack Flaherty knew when he threw that pitch that if if he does walk him, he says, okay, well, I got a fresh count, and I think there's two outs, and I'll get the next batter. So I just wanted to open up the floor and have an honest conversation of how can we get just a little more action? Because I think if Jack Flaherty, and that's what, so people countered me with that, and they said, well, you're saying the good stuff. If Soto doubles or Flaherty strikes him out, they're like, you don't mention tappers or weak ground outs. No, that's still better action. If there's a weak pop-out, that means Jack Flaherty beat Soto, and that's what I was wondering. And now, But if he comes in the zone and Soto rocks him, so I just wanted to open it up, and man, I woke up to an interesting conversation. Uh, your hitting coach, Trev, Josh Donaldson was in there, 70-30, and he obviously had some ideas. This is a guy that has thought about hitting a lot. Uh, and that's become very apparent. Bregman just chimed in, which was funny. He was just like, maybe make the strike zone a little smaller. And it's like, all right, Bregs, thanks for showing up, man. Wait, that's what he said? <laughs> yeah. I don't he know. Said, make the strike zone smaller? I don't know if it was it. I think he's still very nervous on the internet. And I, I get it <laughs> after seeing some of the replies. But it's, there is a way that we can make that a little more entertaining. And I, I know some people throughout there make walks worth a double. I still don't think that scares pitchers enough to not nibble. And I think that hitters would still hitters would still want that reward of a double. So I don't know. I threw it out to I, the I, internet and we uh I mean you saw you saw the results. It was all over the board. I I think pitchers would be the if you make a walk two bases. I think pitchers would be terrified. terrified of that. I think it would eliminate walks immediately. I just don't know how much it changes the rest of the game. And we were talking with Moylan, who was at the game with us, and he was, like, not against it. No. He was like, oh, that would change. He's like, you're not going to intentionally walk a guy because you don't you, you don't get the force out. So, like, you're going to – all the best players that you want to see pitched to and you don't want to see pitched around are going to get pitched to because yeah. you don't get the force out. Like, you know, this whole season with Aaron Hicks hitting behind Judge, they've just – Pitched around Judge. Like, and it's a really frustrating thing to watch because it's like, oh, the guy I want to get pitches the most right now, the other team is just going to pitch around him. And obviously, it's the best strategy for the other team, but entertainment-wise, like, well, that sucks. So, I don't, I don't know. I, I thought it was crazy at first, and I was talking to Peter last night, and I was like, I guess it's, it's not as crazy. It would really drastically change it. I don't know. I have a ton of thoughts on this. Hitter Trev. First of all, uh, yeah, like Jim said, a runner getting to be put on second base from a walk would drastically drop the number of walks down because all we're trying to avoid as pitchers, as organizations, is extra base hits. They don't care about singles. That's why there's the shift. They don't care about walks, right. especially with open bases because 
you need to string together a bunch of hits to score if you're going single, single, single. If you put someone on second base, is one hit, boom, they can score. Pitchers love that ERA. Mm. They love that ERA. Second thing I want to say is the walks are just another reason why these dudes are so soft. Mm. Because they know they don't have to challenge. They don't have to challenge because they can just let a guy go on first base. Like, I agree. Like, that's... As a fan, I'd want to see more guys have to challenge. Whatever that means, you know, you don't have to throw a certain pitch, but like there should be incentives to throwing a ball in the strike zone when it's a full count. And that's kind of what you're saying, bring more action to the game. But these, I mean, the pitchers wouldn't, they would never do it because (laughs) it's just another outlet for them. You know, it's another thing that's going to make them win more. It's it's another thing that's going to make the game easier for them. I think Man, right. we got into it. Sorry, keep going. No, go. I mean, we got we got into it. You know, we we, you know how I am defending hitter hitting Twitter hitters on Twitter, whatever you want to call it. I, it's I don't want I don't know. You go, Jim, because I'm going to say some stuff. I'm, I'm going to mm. regret. Just go. Well, Just I think go. the fact, and a lot of people are still fighting this, and it's why like you know more action is better than the three true outcomes is hitters want walks because it helps their personal stat. Pitchers don't care about walks because nobody cares if a guy is on first base at all anymore. No one cares if guys hit a single on you. Pitchers, like, think of that as not even getting beat. Like, whatever. It's just a single. He didn't really beat me. But, so they don't care about a walk. If it's just one walk in inning, like, no one gives a fuck anymore. And hitters are searching for the walk now. Because that's what gets them paid and gets them... So we're in a walk sport. Pitchers don't care about putting a guy in first via walk. Hitters consider it a win. Walk is a huge win for a hitter. I know. So it is like a weird... The most boring outcome of an at-bat is now the the like thing that pitchers don't care about and hitters are striving for. Yeah. and uh, Pitch, Pitchers, to be, to be truthfully... To be truthful with you, they don't care about runners on base really at all, especially with two outs. They'll walk the bases loaded rather than give up a 2-0 cookie because they they all they think about is, I can strike this guy out. Like strikeouts, that's what these pitchers are brought up to do. It's to miss bats. So if a guy gets 2-0, screw it, I'll walk him. 2-0 again, 3-0, screw it, I'll walk him. Because I still think I can throw. First of all, I'm going to win 70% of the time. So I can get bases loaded, and if it's two outs, I can just get an an out 70% of the time. But also, I can strike you out because that's the kind of pitcher that gets brought to the big leagues nowadays. Dallas likes to refer – Dallas Braden, shout out, Mm -hmm. likes to refer to hitters as Neanderthals in the box. The the thing about that Dallas is – Sounds a little bit like Boone and the Yankees. Sounds like offbeat Boone and Yankees quote. (laughs) I think you might have There's never that. been a time in the big leagues where more Neanderthals have been on the mound. A bunch mm-hmm. of mouth breathers out on the mound. <laughs> All they do is just try to throw the ball hard. They don't care about where it goes. Let me goo up my fingers, spin it, and throw it as hard as I can. There's never been a time. Dallas likes to romanticize about pitching and it being Greg Maddox, and I'm going to outthink you, and I'm going to throw this pitch and this count, and I'm going to hit this spot, and I know how to sequence it. 
those days are gone. You have a small percentage of pitchers in the big leagues that still cares about actually pitching. The rest of them want to throw the ball as hard as they can and spin the shit out of it. And it's a bunch of just absolute Neanderthal. So don't call <laughs> hitters that anymore. You know what? That's I wish Moylan, I, Moylan's coming into the office today. I wish he was here now because I don't want to speak for him, but he was echoing that as he's a pitcher. He was echoing that same sentiment. He was like, no one Pit, like no young pitchers pitch anymore. No. All they do is they stand there and they throw it as hard as they can. He's like sequencing, hitting spots. He's like the younger you go talent wise, the less you see of that even being attempted. If you throw ninety seven yeah. and you make a mistake, I may have spoken a get... little bit for him too much. But no, he was I, I was in on that combo. Yeah. If you throw ninety seven and you make a mistake, it doesn't necessarily get punished that can still be a really good pitch if you throw 97 with movement and it's anywhere over the plate that's still really tough to hit and so i i mean the other thing so the walk rates around baseball aren't aren't really crazy up or anything like that but i i just i do think in this example and hey you know maybe it's a a shot at the nats right now but juan soto is juan soto behind him was josh bell who's hitting 120 on this young season so if you're jack flaherty and then think of the math equations that start to come into play you know if he's down in the count to soto and when juan soto's ahead in the count he's a 440 hitter or whatever it is then the pitcher is smart enough to say, why even do this? I'm going to keep dancing, and then I'll get a fresh at-bat with Bell behind him where the numbers are on my side anyway. So I get it, and everyone's thinking of the when you win a walk, and that is an awesome feeling, but that's not every walk. That's that's the minimal. That's almost the NL pitcher's hitting argument, and it's like, hey, that was really cool, the, the Padres the other night when Cronenworth was on the mound and Musgrove caught it and David Price hit a sack fly. How cool is that? Yeah, but the rest of the time it sucks. So I know it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to think about, but the walk has become such a reward for the hitter and not a punishment for the pitcher that – it's just funny, people. I, I want you to think. Like, get outside the box. And I love this sport. People are saying, I don't love baseball because I don't like walking. I like baseball a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you. But, like, get a little creative. Like, someone suggested this. And I want, would this stop walks if Ronald Acuna Jr. gets walked and then they could put on a ghost runner for him and he still gets to hit? Would that stop you from walk, walking Ronald Acuna? I think so. I know that sounds crazy and that's ridiculous, but that's kind of what we're doing here. So, I don't know. I saw the double thing coming out, and a, a lot of the pitchers didn't hate that. Stroh Show got involved. He threw the like on there. like, And that's, you know, Marcus Stroman's a competitor. I, I think Marcus Stroman's one of the guys that's on the mound that says, I want to beat you every pitch. And you got to love that, and that's what baseball was, and that was the whole the reason that baseball has gone away from that is the stats, the walks, and all of that. There used to be a pride factor. Pitchers used to hate walking dudes. Hitters used to hate getting walked. They wanted to get up there and hit. And as we've slowly, gradually moved on, I just think that kid in the stadium the other night, if Juan Soto took Jack Flaherty deep or if Jack Flaherty punched him on a nasty slider, that kid goes back and says, oh, Flaherty diced him up, dude. It was nuts. Or, oh, Soto took him upper deck, bro. Instead, it was a walk, and here's Josh Bell. And I think he got out. I mean, yeah, to, to your point, think about this scenario. Second and third, offensive's done their job. They got runners in scoring position, two outs. Like This is a big moment for the offense. Best hitter at the plate. What will they do? You walk them. They intentionally walk them. They just send them to first. We saw it last night. 
Yeah. That is so soft when you really break it down it like makes me it, it pisses is. me off so it really much. is it, it, it's this that is this is part of the game that it's obviously it just is baseball it is what is it it's strategy i understand that people i'm just saying in the spirit of competition think about how soft that is ah, i don't want to face you because potentially you i could give up some runs here because you're a pretty good hitter. We have an open base. I'd rather pitch to somebody else. That is soft. You're right. And hitters, hitters don't have anything like that. There's nothing that we can do that's like, actually, you're too good, so I'm not going to face you. Can you bring in the guy that's not as good as you right now? Can Can you do that? Can I do like That's freaking ridiculous. You're so good at baseball, we don't want you to play it. That's what happens there. Soft. And that's not, that's not great. Dude, and pitchers, all they do. Oh my gosh, you know, you know, I yeah, could go I know, all day on this, and there's never going to be a pitcher that ever can can beat me in a argument about <laughs> pitchers being soft, <laughs> especially starting pitchers. We'll do that you don't win that every time. We'll do that another time. Do that another time. Let's talk about Trev. Let's pivot to your topic, which is brought to you by Farm to Fame. Obviously, Peter mm. Moylan, Kelsey Wingard are in town. They went to the game with us yesterday. They have a show on the John Boy Media Network. It's its own podcast feed. It's on the John Boy Media Baseball YouTube channel. All about these young prospects, these amateur players, college players. You got to know about them before you know about them. And that's uh, what you can find on Farm to Fame. They even did like an episode on uh, Sean Kazmar, who's 38, mm -hmm. who got the call up. So if you like that aspect of the game, if you want to know who the young guys are that are coming up, I know Trev loves that. Um, who's going to be the next big thing? Farm to Fame, as you covered, um, you know, episodes every week. Check it out. And how about a quick double ad? Someone they might be covering. Zach Short with the compound just got the call. Yeah, how about so that? So we like oh, snaps. Oh, hell yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. Still waiting for mine. Trev, you. Ask, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Let me ask you something. Is, is Peter good looking in person? Because I feel like he might be like really. Real big smile. Pretty Real good nice looking. smile. His nice smile. his whole his whole Proceed. his whole thing is in energy. Like I actually thought about that last night. Like I'm Peter Moylan. You're thinking about Peter Moylan's energy oh, last night, big time. Okay. Uh, you know when Peter Moylan went out with the lads to the bar, there were people that were either all in on it or they were all out on it. Like you know, but it's a look. I mean, I was giving him kind of retired music artist vibes. Like yeah, you know we. We fucking we toured Sydney in two thousand eight and we just raped it up. Um but it's a look. It's a look. He's Okay. He's a character. They've had episodes oh. on Akil Badu, Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker. That's crazy stuff. Andrew Vaughn. They did a long episode on like every prospect that got the call. Yeah, opening weekend. Opening weekend. It's cool. It's good stuff. Go check out Farm to Fame. Trevor Plouffe, you went to a game this season. We've all been to a game this season now. And you want to talk about the fan experience at stadiums. What mm. you got? I, I believe this is like the first game I've taken my kids to ever. Okay. I could be wrong, I but I, I think it is. So this is a new thing for me. And, you know, as, as a player, you come up through the minor leagues. Obviously, there's a bunch of crazy stuff that goes on at those games. Um and then in the big leagues, you really don't pay attention to any of that because you're just really focused on making a living. So I know the trop isn't like the crown jewel of entertaining places, although they do a pretty good job. 
I, it just got me thinking about what can we do to engage. I think mo- mostly the younger fans more. I think people, if you're an adult going to a baseball game, you understand what's going on. You get a, Jamie, you call it a conversation sport where you can kind of hang, have a beer, mm-hmm. have a conversation while you're still watching the action. And adults are okay with that. Guess who isn't okay with that? Kids. Kiddos. I sat there and, I mean, maybe for like half an inning, they were just kind of watching intently and kind of like soaking in the scene. And then after that, I mean, literally half an inning, their minds are gone. So what do you, what do you do to, we always talk about when you have the youth back in the game. Um, So you want to preach to them, watch the game, but you also want them to enjoy going to the game. And I struggle with this as a baseball coach of five and six year olds. It's like, I'm trying to teach them to play, but more importantly, at this age, I'm, trying to teach them to like love baseball to like have fun yeah like there's this fine line for me of let's watch them let's teach them the game show them the game watch go watch those big leaguers and then also they have to be stimulated enough to enjoy it so they want to keep going back and then eventually they'll turn the corner and say hey i love baseball let's learn more about the intricacies of it the strategy, all that stuff you can't do that with a five-year-old and a three-year-old so yeah i think that's where we got to start at least in my like your kids are young. I don't know if there's any I don't know if there's any ever any winning over 5 and 3 year olds. So at at a big league ideas. at a big league game at minor league parks they have the berm that the kids can slide down. I'm sure Teddy would love sliding down the berm. They have playgrounds. A lot of them have playgrounds on the offset that they could just go run and play with all the other kids there. I don't know if that's ever going to be part of the major league ballpark experience well they do see they do i I talked to olivia about this a little bit too she's had a lot of experience bringing kids to games i was like tell me what you think should happen she said i mean most major league stadiums do have some sort of area to bring the kids and let them run around okay so i think that is they've taken steps to try to to solve this problem um the one thing that i thought of and she actually shot this down but I want to bring it to you guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Big business word I'm about to use Ooh. right now. Business trap coming. Synergy. Ever heard of mm-hmm. it? Yeah. I've heard of it. I, my idea would be, you know, what do kids like? Like, what, what are they interested in? It's puppy dog pals. It's okay. Mario, Super Mario, all these different things. Is there a crossover needed between baseball and more of these youth programming ideas? So my wife says no because she says they need to get away from that and just focus on baseball. I think there needs to be something to keep them entertained. If they see, for example, I'll use Mario because I'm a boomer. Sure. Even though my son likes Mario, I'll use Mario as an example. If Mario like is donning like. I don't know, a Mets jersey or a Yankees jersey, and a kid sees that, don't you think they're going to be more interested in that team? Like, oh, Mario likes that team? I like Mario, and now I like that team. That's kind of my idea, and you could span that over whatever. You want to go to the Marvel Universe, you want to go to Star Wars. That would be just baseball getting their logos and jerseys and, like, apparel into different worlds more. You know, which is... Isn't that part of it? It's a business model. The more people that wear John Boy Media shirts, the more people know about John Boy Media. It's like the same thing, right? So it's just market, like marketing, but you got to make some deals with companies. My whole thing, Trev, and I guess I'll throw this back at you, is I don't think kids should enjoy, like at your age, like enjoy professional baseball games. I think you 
you teach them the rules of the game and and coach them and let them play on the playgrounds and and so they understand the concept and the strategy and then when life starts beating them up in high school or in college or post college when suddenly you need something to do after dinner every single night that's when you hook in the adults as diehard fans and but you just got to grow an interest and love for it at a young age but well, that I mean that that does make it tricky though cuz I mean, you know, we grew up in households where baseball was on the TV. So that kind of is the process. Like, mm-hmm. we played it, and then we were in it, but also you're young and you're doing a lot of different things in your life, and then you circle back on it. Um, you know, it, it's baseball does need to find a way out of households that aren't baseball. Like, yeah. if you're just not a baseball household, it's over. Like, you know, at, yeah, some, but, at some point that's going to drop off. Well, I just mean for fan experience, like – their money comes from beer sales and food sales. Like, I don't think their money comes from little kids. For short term, but, you know, you want those little kids yeah. drinking beers in 20 years. So, Trev, I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I had a lose. <laughs> you don't hear a lot of people say that, that huh? Um, it's true. Uh, you know, I went, when, when the game Fortnite first came out, I had to see what all the kids were talking about. So I played it for a little bit. I was really bad at it. I was the guy I'd, just hi- bushes. I'd hide in a bush and I'd hope everyone else killed each other and I could sneak up on someone for the last kill. It was very pathetic. It was it was very pathetic. I think I was unemployed. Like times were good. So, uh, Trev, Fortnite. They had every NFL team's jersey. Mm-hmm. So if you were a little kid and you want to play, and you know kids are addicted to these things. Like I'm sure there's a lot of studies that it's not great, but it's kind of what you're saying. Where, you know, a kid could play that game and they could put on their local Denver Broncos jersey and play. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's two different things. It's MLB and marketing. And, I, you know, I do think they'd have to look at it at age brackets, like you're saying, Jim, because it is. There should be an MLB life cycle. When people first start working that 9 to 5 and you're like, holy crap, that's not fun. Uh, but every 7 p.m. you can turn on your local team and and dive in. And now with Twitter, it's so beautiful, the conversation. The friendships that we've seen in Yankee land that are real, that are real, that never would have existed years ago. People that bond over the Yankees together, it's a beautiful thing. So I, it's... For the 10 up bracket, I have great ideas if you want to get there. Jim's got ideas for the 10 up bracket. Let's, yeah, and, let's and, get and them. Jake and, I, Jake and I have said these forever, so they're our ideas. Um, Can't steal them. Every inning, this is what we do on the fucking live stream. So this is like what we have people yeah. watch with us. Every inning. All right. In between innings, before the inning starts. Okay, some lucky fan in section 210 will win a free bucket of ice cream if the pitcher strikes out the first batter of this inning. Now you have section 210 just like all on their feet. Little kids like, I want ice cream, Dad. Two strikes. Ah, Give me a third strike. Give me a third strike. And then the next inning, like, okay, this time it's section 20 versus section 80. If the leadoff hitter gets a home run, if the leadoff hitter gets a double, section 80 will all be getting free Skittles. Section 20 will all be getting free Skittles if the batter strikes out. Now you have two fan bases going at each other, and it's all off the TV broadcast. It's in-stadium only entertainment, and that's how you get people perked up, and that's how you get little kids like, wait, how do we get the ice cream? Like, well, he has to strike him out. What's that mean, Dad? Well, three strikes, Mm -hmm. and he's out, and that's how you feed it. So that's what I think they should be doing at stadiums because – Jumbotron Entertainment is cool, but it's always like, 
look at these two faces mashed together. And sure, it's entertaining little kids, but it's not teaching them the game at the same time. So that's what I do yeah. for stadiums. I don't know why they don't do that. It doesn't need to be. It just, it's like if someone's mad about that, they're kind of the very lame, lame, lame. I just want to watch the game. I don't need these gimmicks. Well, cool. Then ignore the gimmick. But that's what I would do. I mean, just get people involved. It's incentive based, yeah. is what you're saying. Do yeah, I, I I like that. I think that's great. Have you guys ever been to a a kids' day at a park? No, I don't think so. It's uh, the worst. <laughs> it's it's the worst day. You probably have like five or six a year. As a, a ball player, they're usually like Tuesdays at ten. You start the game at like ten or something, mm. some ridiculous time to make you play at, and it's like they bust in all these kids from the schools. And you're going to hear, you know, the who lives in a pineapple, like that whole thing. Mm. SpongeBob. Oh, my. It it makes an adult hate (laughs) SpongeBob, but they're into it. So I get what you're saying in sentence based. I I also think that we don't do enough as far as like, okay, you go to an NBA game. The lights are a thing. The music is a thing. Baseball doesn't have any of that rhythm. It is it is a slower game. Like I, I, I think there could be some music played. Kids freaking love music. Okay, we have all the LED lights now that you can basically do a freaking light show with. Before we didn't have that. Before it took fifteen minutes for the lights to turn on. <laughs> yeah. Now you can flash them on and off. You can do different colors. I think in between innings, stuff like that needs to get better. Right now, in between innings, all they do is like. Over the speaker, you can't understand anything. Yeah. Like that's they need to do. They need to figure something out with that. It needs to be more like a monster jam. They're get the Yankees do stuff. They flash the lights. They like do have the organist. I think the Rays are known for having like terrible in-game entertainment. Oh, at least and I, I know that, that uh, <laughs> an actor who we saw at the World Series, who I won't name, but has appeared on the show before, Flex. was just kind of laughing at like, look what they do. Because when the Rays were home games in Texas last year, they controlled the PA and the in-between innings. And the Dodgers (laughs) fans were like, look at the difference when it's the Dodgers home team and the Rays home team of like the music in-between innings and the DJ. That makes sense. Dodgers should be the best production value you're ever going to get. I mean, all of this ties into entertainment. It it is what it is. And, you know, I I love the beauty of sports and competing, but it's also entertainment value all around it. And, you know, the best example about what Jimmy was saying is, you know, if you've ever been to a basketball game and if the home team gets 115 points, everyone gets tacos. Guess what? When the team's got 113 points, everyone is going bonkers. The game could be a blowout. Why aren't we doing something like that every inning, every half inning? And it can engage with the sport, like Jimmy was saying. And I don't know if you guys remember this. This was from 2019. There was a group of British fans that went to an Orioles game, and they all sat in left field. And they were, like, enjoying baseball, but also trying to, like, Enjoy it on a soccer level Like let's be rowdy and ha- have a good time So Anthony Santander Was Santander. in was in left field And every time he did anything They went nuts They uh, Like he'd catch routine fly balls And they'd just start going bump 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 Like they were having a blast Out there and that's That's what it is like people 
people just want to have fun. That's why we go to baseball games. That's, once you get more into the baseball, you get tied in that, you know, we're watching the game last night and you see strike three on a big 3-2 pitch and you get excited about it because you know Tyone's pitch count's going up and they'd have to go to that guy in the pin. But if they go to him earlier in the pin, is that going to cut him off earlier? And then, oh, Justin Wilson, he still hasn't pitched him. That's when the game starts all connecting and that's when it's beautiful. But, you know, you bait him in with the free taco and then you go from there. It's just I, I just think there need there's work to be done. I don't I'm not saying I have all the answers. It was my first experience taking the kids. I know they're at a very young age. <clears throat> but even if they were 12, 10 years old, there just wasn't enough for them. Like if I if you're a young kid, I mean it really is not an experience necessarily for kids. They're going for the ice cream, mm. the cracker jacks, all that stuff. They're not going for the like the product on the field. When I was so what can we do to what could we do to make them more interested in the product on the field? I don't know. I'm spitballing. When I went to games when I was young, before I like so like under twelve, I guess because I I moved away from New Jersey when I was eight. So, uh, but we came back and went to a game every day, every six months. Blah, blah. On ten and under, I would my dad would buy right field box seats at Yankee Stadium, and I would sit down and I would face the bleachers for nine innings straight. And I just watched the Yankee stadium bleacher creatures. And I just, and <laughs> that was like my entertainment. They just do chants nonstop. They, they'd kick people out. There'd be fights every now and then. I guess that's not great, but I, I'm not the, I'm not the average kid. Um, but that was my, like, I was like, dad, I like get right field box seats. My dad knew that's what like Jimmy likes watching the bleacher creatures. Because they just do all those chants. Entertainment. All of them are like illegal now. They don't do them anymore. Last thing I'll last thing I'll say because I do have to get to Chris Rose IG live. Mm. Going to go live with him at uh, in eight minutes. You know the giveaway thing. It's so easy. Like you know, every inning an outfielder should bring out three baseballs and throw them into the stands. Like get people engaged that way. Like you, you might have to give up a little. Like give them something so they're engaged. And like I caught a ball from so and so. Wow. Like who is that? I want to know about him. I think there's just there's just a lot of things, man. But um, they're not easy, and some people will hate them. But I think that's not the point. You always say, Jim, we already got you. We're or you don't like that. You don't like that. If you're listening, we already got the old people. We need to go. F- Find a way to get young fans more interested in going to the. If ball you're listening too. to this show, we love you dearly, but you are not who MLB needs to cater to. You're hooked. We're hooked. We're hooked. Yeah. And you could do things that I I would have liked to seen some things for me as I'm watching the game. Like it's is like they need to do stuff for adults as well. Oh, you know what they can do to make the fan experience better? Mic up the damn umpire so you know what's going on. And then show replays on the jumbotron, so you don't have to text your buddy at home and be like, "Was he out or was he safe?" What's hey, hey, dad? Why'd they stop play? What's going on? Like that's a reality. Like you have to text someone who's in front of a TV when you're at the game, because they just don't show. They're getting a little better at that, but like you have the ability to show these replays. Like not only if it's a close call and going to replay, like show replays of the game on the big screen. Like if it's a nasty pitch and the dude strikes out. Put it on the big screen so everyone can see how nasty the pitch was. They don't do that at all. Yeah. No. I don't know why they don't do that. It seems so easy. Replays. Just have, like, you have the feed. 
like in the suites that we were just at, they have that, right? Like we have, yeah, so like, nice. yeah, the, yeah, the video. so we can watch the game and then we can turn up and see the pitch. And that's, I kind of love these suites now uh, among all the other things, but like, that's kind of the shitty part about watching a game live is you don't really know what the pitcher's doing. So they just show the replay of the pitch on the big screen. Takes two seconds. Do that. All right. Great episode, everyone. We will be back on Friday with the weekday series recap. I think Trev will be sans Trev one more time. So it'll just be Jake, myself, BBD will bring you the inner league. And then we'll be back Monday and all the, all the rest. I land Jim. I'm just say this right now. Two things before I leave. One, I land at 9.30 a.m. If I rush it back and you guys want to hold off, I can be there. If not, I understand. Well, text us when you land, I guess. That's when you land. Wait, but we start uh, at 9 your time. I know. I don't I'm think that's going to work. Okay. just You guys got it. One more time. Love. I appreciate you guys letting me enjoy this time. Uh, number two, I'm going to put a tweet out there later. I need mm. everyone to go like that tweet. Huge. It's going to be... A little sexual. Okay. Can you hit him with the darling? baseball. Just, oh. I like reading Trevor Plouffe's stuff. He's got a lot of good takes. Just, we all have to be Ron. Ron Darling or Trev. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to put it out. I'm going to do the Chris Rose thing. I'll put it out in a little bit. Um, please be nice to me because, you know, sometimes I look at other Twitter accounts and I don't want to be like that. <laughs> so I need the engagement. Done. And Jake and Jimmy know exactly what I'm talking uh. about. Maybe BBD too. Disco Neil retired. Shout out, Congrats shout out, Neil. Disco Neil, friend. Love Neil. Here's an awesome interview. Go listen to that if you want to. Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss, The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.